All right, everyone. Thank you guys for joining today. So we started, we had a little season. We just got finished up the Bible conference. I saw many of you here helping with Bibles. That's awesome. You guys are having an impact, and I want to encourage you to think about that. When you put a Bible together, whether it's collating, rolling, checking, unfortunately, you guys are too young to work the binder or you're too young to use the cutter, but you're out there helping box it up and carrying them into the building. Think about this. You're having an impact on behalf of Christ to the world. You help build a Bible that is going to reach someone else that's going to go around the world. In this case, halfway around the world. These Bibles are going to go to South and Central America. Think about that. These Bibles are going to end up in Venezuela, Colombia, Ecuador, Brazil. Well, maybe not Brazil. Argentina. Chile, Peru. And the reason I say that, those are all Spanish-speaking countries. Brazil is not. Brazil is Portuguese. But we made Bibles in that language so they would have a King James Version of the Bible in their native tongue, and in this case, Spanish. We helped create that. And then we did um, twenty to 30,000 John and Romans in Spanish. Those are going to go into our missionary, Joe and Amy Hendrigsman, down in Oaxaca, Mexico. In fact, you know, Mitch Newland is leading a team down to Oaxaca at the end of um, November into early December, and they're going to go out, they're going to minister to the people of Oaxaca and go up into the mountains and share those John and Romans with everyone there in their native language. So you guys are having an impact. Think about that. You guys built the Word of God. You assembled it. God's Word's already been built. But it's going forward, and you're going to be able to go through and edit in here. Come on in, Elias. So, just helping out making Bibles, you're making an impact. You don't feel like you're doing it. It was a lot of work. It is. It's called labor. That's the reason why. But we came together as a church, and we assembled those Bibles. That's incredible. So, again, I just want to just encourage you to help when we have those opportunities. Um, here's the thing, too, and, and it was laid on my heart. Brian and I were talking about this week. You know what's great about you guys as the youth, you know, the middle school age group? We consider you young adults. Even though you so may not even be a teenager yet, some of you are teenagers. That's okay, but you guys have a unique opportunity. You know, you guys are growing up. You know, you're growing up physically. You're growing up spiritually. You're growing up emotionally. And some of you guys have embraced how you guys can help. And that's why we want to encourage you to do this. That's why we want to do things together. I want to partner with you. I want to walk beside you, not walk over you, not be over, you know, overbearing. I want to work with you along the side. Some of you guys have done that, but there's other opportunities in our church that you can do that. Not everyone's meant to be up in the sound booth. Now, some of you guys do work up in the sound booth, and I do have some of them. Praise the Lord. I'm happy to have you up there. Some of you may not be your calling or we may not be ready yet, but there's other things that you can do in our church. You guys can help. You know, there's, there's, you can greet at the door. Do you have a good smile? You guys all have good smiles if you would just smile a little bit. All it takes is just, just a little bit. Just turn it up, not down. You know, that smile will go a long way to just make someone feel better as you walk in the building. So when they see you, smile. See, right there. 
That's why I try to push you guys to smile. And because your smiles do make a difference. Thank you, Elena. Your smiles make a difference because it warms the heart. So, you know, there's greeting. There's Some of you guys were helping with the, during the Bible conference, serving food. So, again, we just want you guys to be encouraged um, as, as you guys go through and find out what works best for you. So I just kind of want to um, give you guys a little reminder and a little bit of encouragement. Keep on doing that. It makes a difference. If you don't feel like it's making a difference, it's making a difference. All right? So continue to do that. We'll find, we'll help you. And if you're not sure, talk to me. Talk to Brianna. Talk to Kendra. Talk to Nick. Talk to Luke. Talk to Brenda. Talk to an adult. We'll come along. We want to come alongside you and partner with you. We don't want to leave you guys out there alone. Because there's strength togetherness versus by yourself. All right? Okay, so we're going to continue on here. So last time we met, so the Bible conference kind of threw things off. We um, we were going through the book of John, and I told you that the Lord laid in my heart. I was going to do a quick overview. The Lord said no. The Lord says you need to camp out here. We need to go through, and we're going to study some of this out. There's a lot in the book of John. Um, as we go through here. So last time we talked about it, we talked about John the Baptist. And we went through and we talked some things historical about John the Baptist. So if you would, please come over to your Bible. We're going to continue a little bit more in John the Baptist, but I want you to come back to another thought process. So if you go to the Gospel of John, so we'll be, um, again, in the book of John, and we'll start right here in verse 7. So give you a minute. So God exists. Yeah, so that's the thing. Um, as far as the prism idea, I don't agree with that necessarily. I the reason is is God is. Okay, you know we've heard in the Bible God is, I am. In fact, He refers to God refers to Himself as the I am. So, confining God to a it's a picture, and it's fine. But He was helping her search it out. So, God was existing before anything existed. God was in in Jesus Christ, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit were all together as one, and then He created the heavens and the earth, and so from nothing came everything. So that's it's it's kind of amazing, and only God could do that. So that's that's where she was going with that. So we're gonna get in here. So again, John one seven. We'll get into this again. We're talking about. We're talking about Jesus Christ coming onto the scene. He's getting ready to establish his ministry. But we talked about John the Baptist being, um, you know, a witness of that light. So let's go ahead and read verse 7 here. It says, The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, and that all men through him might believe. 
He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. So John the Baptist was not the light, but he's here to present the light. He's here to bear witness of the light. Remember the word witness? What's another word for it? Some of you guys should know this. Testimony. Testimony. Excellent. Yes. So if you see the word testimony, witness, those two words are synonymous together, so they can mean the same thing. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. Verse 9. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. So that's just kind of going to what you were just talking about, Elizabeth, with what you and Mickey are going through in discipleship. It didn't know um, he was in the world, and the world knew it was made by him. God created the world. Um, inside of here. And the world knew him not. The world didn't care. But as many as received him, to give to them he gave he power to become the sons, plural, multiple people here of God, even to them that believe on his name. Again, we talked about salvation. Which were born not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. So salvation comes to that inside of here. And that's a, we're seeing what salvation and how to be saved is being defined here. And the world was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, and the glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was, this was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we receive in grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. And this is the record of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him then, Art thou Elias? And he saith, I am not. Art thou that prophet? And he answered, No. Then said they unto him, Who art thou, that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Esaias. And they which were sent uh, were of the prophets. And they asked them and, and said unto him, Why baptizest thou, if thou not be the Christ, that Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet? That prophet, excuse me. And John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you, who you whom ye know not. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latched I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done in Bathareba, beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which take away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore I come baptizing with water. And John bare record, and saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode him. And I knew him not, 
But that he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. And again, the next day, um, we'll stop right there. Let's go to the Lord. Gracious Heavenly Father, just thank you for what you've clarified here and what was going on at the time when John the Baptist was there ministering to the people of Israel, Lord, just sharing that Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming, Lord. Again, just thank you for this time that you've given us. We lift this all up to you in your great holy name. Amen. So I want to ask this question. And again, and this is I want to spark a conversation. But I want to I want to clarify something too. I want you to back it up if you can. If you can't, that's okay. But I want you guys to start thinking a bigger picture as we start reading our Bible and we get into it. All right, we've established that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Right? You guys all in agreement with me on that? And if God is all-knowing, all-powerful, and ever-present, did Jesus Christ need to be baptized? Okay, so some of you guys are shaking your head no. Did Jesus Christ have to be baptized? Let me change the question up a little bit. Did Jesus have to be baptized? And most of you are still shaking your head no. And I agree with you partially. But the other part of me says, yes, he did. This is one of those challenges as we go through here. As, as, as the Son of God, capital S, you know, as his title, Prince of Peace, Lord of Lords, you know, all the names, King of Kings, all the titles that go with Jesus Christ, he doesn't have to be baptized. Which is interesting, if you think about it. But the other part of it is, yes, he did. And I'm going to go, you're like, Ray, wait a minute. We kind of got this weird item. He's like, yes, he did. And I'm going to go, kind of go through here. We need to see this as a picture. Did, did Christ need to be baptized? You're partially right. No, he didn't need to. Not in the sense of, as part of a workspace salvation. And that's where we get into that. It works based. Is, you know, if I get saved, you know, if I baptize, I'm saved. That's works. That's not what baptism's about. What is baptism about? Anyone? What is that, Audrey? Exactly. It's a profession of your faith. What you believe in. It's a picture of what's going on here. Because God is going to come through and we actually will study it out. Christ is going to become baptizing with the Holy Ghost and fire. The fire is going to be his judgment. You don't want to be on his judgment side. So the world's going to be judged and it's going to have a baptism of fire. But he did baptize um he did want he did have to be baptized. And the reason is is God wants to have a relationship with us. We talk about God and we don't talk about works based in around this church. We don't we're not about works. We do work, but we don't do works. You don't work your way into heaven. It's a relationship. So the answer is did Christ have to do it? Technically no. He didn't have to. 
but he's setting the stage as a good leader does. So you remember, he's the king of kings, the lord of lords. He's setting a precedent and saying, this is where I have to bend the knee as well. And so we have a picture of that. So he did have to do this if we're going to have a willing relationship with the Lord. Because if it's not, then it's like the other religions of the world. It is going to be, do as I say, whenever I say to do it. And we don't want that. We don't want that. There's religions out there that tell us, do everything you say. Um, I'm not going to name names, but there's different religions. It's not about a relationship. It's do as I say, or you're kicked out of the out of that religion or you're punished for it or whatever we don't need to go that direction what Christ is doing is he's establishing that so let's go over here um, let's go back here and look at the book of Luke and Luke 3 specifically and this is where I was drawing this from is did, did Christ have to be baptized and my answer is yes he did um, as a leader as um, this inside of here. So that, that's where we're going here. All right. So we're going to see here in Luke 3, 3, it says, He came into all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remissions of sins. Remember, we talked about repentance. Repentance isn't... Um, a bad thing. Remember, repentance is a Luke three three. Other direction. What? Yeah, Luke three three. So I want to start with that. Remember, repentance is a change of mind that leads to a change of heart that leads to a change of life. So we have to go through that, and it happens pretty quick. In the remissions of sin, not going through here. We know that we're sinners, and we struggle with that. And so the, the, the remission, they put sin behind us. So that's what John was doing out in the wilderness, and out there in Jordan. He was, he's out there teaching people to repent, and to come to the Lord and through a water baptism, a picture of what Christ is going to do. And it is written in the book of the word, Esaias the prophet, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be brought low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways shall be made smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Then said he to the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Bring forth therefore fruits worthy of repentance, and begin not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father, for I say unto you that God is able to, of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto the roots of trees. Every tree therefore which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into fire. Remember I talked about Jesus Christ is going to come with the Holy Ghost and fire? We can see that judgment right here. And the people asked him, saying, What shall we do? Well, here we go. He answered and saith unto them, He that hath two coats, let him impart to him that hath none, and he that hath meat, let him do likewise. Then came also publicans to be baptized and said unto him, Master, what shall we do? 
And he said unto them, Exact, no more that which is appointed you. And the soldiers likewise demanded him, saying, What shall we do? And he said unto them, Do violence to no man, neither accuse any falsely, and be content with your wages. And as the people were in expectation, and all men mused in their hearts of John, whether he was Christ or not, John answered, saying unto them, I indeed baptize you of water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latchet whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Again, we have that mention, Holy Ghost and fire. Whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge, thoroughly purge his floor, and will gather the wheat into his garner, but the shaft he will burn with fire unquenchable. And many other things in his exhortation preached he unto his people. Alright. And kind of fast forward, but Herod, uh, um, uh, the tetriarch, being reproved by him for Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, and for all the evils which Herod had done, added yet those above all, and he shut up John in prison. And now, and now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was open, and the Holy Ghost descended into a bodily shape like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in thee I am well pleased. And Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age, um, the son of Joseph, which was the son of Heli, which is the son of Methat, which is the son of Levi. So we get the you get you get the heritage of right there that establishes who Jesus Christ is in the physical form. But the thing that you saw happen is as Jesus Christ was baptized, even though he is God in the flesh, you'll hear us say that, he still baptized. He submitted to authority. He understood that the world's not going to understand this. As a, as a leader of the world, he had to submit. We as believers have to submit. One thing that we have to be aware of, and this is historical, and we go back to Genesis, what happened in Genesis? We'll start with that. What happened in Genesis in the beginning? What's the story of Adam and Eve? Many of you guys know this one. What was that, Audrey? Can you... Right, so because of our sin, and we have to own part of it, even though we weren't there, when Adam and Eve sinned, and it wasn't just Eve, it was Adam and Eve, they were both in disobedience to the Lord. I want you guys to understand that. When we saw that, Sin entered in the garden. The garden was perfect. Sin and perfection cannot coexist. Alright, do you guys understand that? You cannot have corruption with perfection. Because if they co-mingled, that corruption infects perfection. So we cannot have the two together. That is why... God had to expel Adam and Eve from the garden and shut it up from the world. At that point, when they ate of the tree of knowledge, they became aware of good and evil. They were able to make decisions. 
And because we always don't make good decisions, that corruption comes into it. So that's what's going on. That's that's going in here. And that's a picture of baptism. Is that cleansing of that corruption. So did Christ have to go through and do this? Yes, He did. He needed to show the world that yes, I need to clean. I need to. We need to be clean as well. Did Christ do anything wrong? No, Christ was perfect, but He needed to demonstrate it. You hear about the word leadership, and we talk about it here in this church. We'll talk about it in the ministries. We talk about we lead by example. If you're going to lead with chaos. If you're going to lead with disorganization, you're going to lead with just not having the right mindset, you're going to just be a benevolent dictator, that's not leadership. That is just being forced into doing things. So I I share that with you just so you understand. That's why Christ had to be baptized. He wanted to show the world, yes, do I have to do this? No. But I'm going to do that because you guys need to see that. And that's when he did that. Again, it was a picture of that. And when God saw that, he opened up heaven and a dove flew down. We just saw the account of it. We saw it in the Gospel of Luke. We saw an account of it in John. So did Jesus Christ have to be baptized? And the answer is yes. Did he need to be baptized? Probably not, because he is God. But I'm not questioning God's authority. I'm just sharing what God has laid on my heart. Yes, he had to do it. I have to, as a leader in this church, I have to go through and I have to bend the knee. I have to to submit. I have to submit to you guys, believe it or not. I have to submit to you in certain ways. Not directly submit, but I have to submit to you and let you guys understand that I need to meet you where you're at. That's what Christ was doing when he was baptizing. He was meeting the world where you guys are at. So yes, he did have to be baptized. Because if he can't, then there's not going to be able to go through and have a relationship. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That was our memory verse for this week. He gave his only begotten son. He gave. It was a gift. So, you know, part of that gift came with the, the understanding of baptism. So when if you're not a believer in Christ today, that's fine. Baptism doesn't do anything. I want to make sure you guys understand that we're talking about John the Baptist. Baptism doesn't do anything. Baptism is a picture. All right? It's a picture of what Christ did for us. It's the cleansing power of Christ that baptism represents. It's the death, burial, and resurrection. It's a picture of that death, burial, and resurrection. And the cool thing is you get to profess your faith to others that believe as well. That's the power of baptism. That's the reason why God wanted that. He wanted that relationship. Because one of the things that you're going to understand as you grow into this church and grow up and become young adults is you're going to have to understand the theme of the Bible. Does anyone understand the overall theme of the Bible? 
Close. So let's jump back over to Genesis. So I mentioned it here, so go to Genesis 3. Um, inside of here. Remember how I, I mentioned that God, you know, in perfection in the Garden of Eden, you can't have corruption, perfection, um, occupy the same space because then it becomes corruption. That's what's happening here. Um, God is going through here in Genesis. However, He's still taking care of us. So if I go over here and start... Um, so um, I'll start in verse 17 in Genesis 3.17. And unto Adam He said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, Cursed is the ground for thy sake, and sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. So there's a consequence to our sins. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return to the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, and for, thou, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. That's a picture of death. We came from the earth, we're going to be returned to the earth. In fact, if you've ever attended a funeral, you'll hear dust to dust. That's what it's referencing right here. We have a picture of our death here. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. And to Adam also and to his wife did the Lord make coats of skins and clothe them. Remember, they were naked. And because they had sinned, they were hiding from the Lord and they made, you know, some clothes here. God provided for them, even though they sinned. God provided for them. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken so he drove out the man, and he placed the east at the east the Garden of Eden, cherubims and a flaming sword, which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. So we see a picture of that. We see a picture of the sin being occupied. But if we jump back to Genesis a little bit further, in Genesis 1, God is doing this. This, this is tied into that overall theme. In Genesis 1.26, actually, I'll go up to verse 24. And God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping things, and beasts of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth after his kind, and the cattle um, after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his, this, his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said... Let us make man in our image. Well, first off, a couple things. Let us. That's a plural word right there. What is he talking about? He's talking about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Man is made after God's image. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. 
and let them have dominion over the fish of the seas and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creepeth thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image and in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them and God said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and every every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So you see, God made him in his image. I want you guys to understand this. This is the theme. When Adam and Eve sinned, when it fell out of the Garden of Eden, that sin introduced death. That's where we get that saying, where we get death and sin. But we're being restored. That's the theme of the Bible. God has a plan in how to be restored. We have many examples in the Bible of man trying to be righteous with God, but we're falling up short. We have many stories about that in the Bible. That's why we have an account of it. Learn from the past, you know, learn from the past um, as we go forward. So we're being restored in His image. That's what baptism is a picture of, is that step in being restored to the Lord. Does that make sense? And because God was in the flesh as Jesus Christ, He was going through. He didn't have to do it, but He needed to do it as an example, as an insample. We talk about those two words interchangeably. He had to do it so others will follow Him. That's why we do that. That's why Christ had to be baptized. And we have to have that humble attitude. Why do we have to do things? We have to submit. We have to submit. That's hard to do. Any questions? It's a. It's kind of a heavy topic, but I kind of want to go through here and kind of explain it. Again, did God or did Christ have to be baptized? The answer is yes. However, with a you know with a, a question you know a comma, did he have to? Did he need to? You know, again, those two different questions inside there because God is, you know, like I said, all powerful, all knowing, and ever present inside of here. So he didn't need to. He wanted to. So you can have a relationship with you. Because remember, he did die for us. One last thing. I want you guys to go ahead. Uh, hopefully you're continuing on with your readings. I did send out a short reading list. I just want to ask how many people are actually read through the book of John? You read the whole book or just one chapter? Are you reading it? One chapter a day. One chapter a day. Okay, keep on doing that. Keep on encouraged. If you're, not, if you're done with John... Continue on to the next phase. We're going to go to Ephesians and continue your daily reading there. So again, it takes 45 days to develop a habit. And so if you go through and continue to read um, daily, one chapter a day, 21 days is 21 chapters in John. The next step would be go to Ephesians. And then from there, Ephesians is a little bit short. It's only six chapters there. Then we can get into First and Second Timothy. First and Second Thessalonians, Hebrews, 
so by the end of that, we should have be into a regular habit. But I do want to throw up here, so we've had some people, so we've done John 1, 1 through 5 as a memory verse. Prior to that was John 3, 16 and 17. Here's this week's memory verse, John 2, 19. So let's go to that. I want you guys to start working on these. Remember, I promise those that are going to execute will do something nice. And I like this because this is the foundation. Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. In three days I will raise it up. And we'll talk about that when we get into the lesson. But again, this is a little bit more uh, going into why did, did Jesus need to be baptized? And that's what I'm going to go through and say, yes. Did Jesus have to be baptized? No. Did he need to in order to reach the world? He needed to be the example. So, yes. All right. With that being said, let's go to the Lord in prayer and we'll be dismissed. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you and say thank you, Lord.